Hi, this is Anneke van Giersbergen and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. Would you pull me under, have me wander? All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is once again your host, Sunny, along with a very special guest, award-winning Dutch singer-songwriter, Annika van Giersbergen. Such an honor. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. This is an important yet exciting time here in the month of February for you with the release of your latest studio album, The Darkest Skies Are the Brightest, which is set to drop on the 26th on Inside Out Music and Century Media. You know, first off, Annika, I want to say congratulations on all the wealth of recognition it's been getting so far, especially with the singles My Promise, Hurricane, Agape. There's just so much to unpack about all this. But before we get to all that, I'm going to ask a very important question regarding our, you know, before we started the interview, all the things we talked about, how are you? I think that's a very important question mm-hmm. to ask considering where we are at our lives in this point, you know, you know, how's life in the Netherlands for you lately? Well, uh, thank you for this introduction, by the way. <laughs> it's course. so lovely. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and thank you for asking. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks. It's, it's, uh, like you said, it's, a crazy, crazy year, and nobody expected this. The world is on fire, <laughs> and there's so much going on in the world right now. And um, we have to keep our heads above water, right? And um, yeah. also, also me, and also uh, us in this industry uh, making music. You know, 99% of my income is playing live. So there you go. Um, uh, so that's a challenge, but. Um, I'm also blessed that we, you know, I could stay um, creative. I did a lot of uh, things, you know, behind the scenes, you know, we couldn't perform live, but I did finish my album. We made some lovely video clips. We're still working, you know, uh, on the release of the album. So, so, um, so in that perspective, it's, it's going all right. I have a wonderful family. I Netflixed uh, my ass off in the, in the beginning of this period. <laughs> Same here. So I'm, I'm all kind of, um, uh, you know, I saw everything there is to Netflixed see. Netflixed out, Netflix. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it does make me sad uh, as to w- w- what a lot of people are going through and, um and still are, and, and and I think it's not over yet. So we have to, you know, stay focused and try to mm, come out of this alive, you know. And you know, making the best of the situation is easier said than done, <clears throat> and we're all doing that. And by the way, for my listeners who don't know, um, I'm in Dallas. I I spoke to Annika before the interview started. We are experiencing blackouts, so uh, my apologies in advance if we cut out at some point. If we do, you will see a follow up interview. We'll try to mesh everything together. But you know. I want to get back to, you know, what you just mentioned, you know, life as of late, Annika, you know, many of us have been also, you know, away from the stage a lot, fans and musicians alike. But how are Mm -hmm. you keeping up your, you know, your vocals and guitar playing these days? You know, is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine wise lately, if at all? Well, that's a good question, because in in the 25 years I've been making professional music, there's not been two months in a row where I didn't play. Uh, so, and for instance, when you play guitar, but also uh, when you uh, sing, your whole vocal system is, you know, based on muscles and you have to keep training them uh, as well as, as the other things in your body you have to use for your profession um, to keep it in form. And 
I noticed that when I don't sing a lot, that I get a little bit out of form. So when I mm. noticed that, I started, uh, you know, I do bits and pieces and I'm in the studio and I write songs, but it's not the same as, as doing 30, 40, 50 shows in a row on tour. Um, so, yeah, so I have to, I have to get back uh, on track singing. But, you know, the thing is, I also am practicing a set list with the new songs and some back catalog stuff um, just to keep informed, but also to be ready when we get the green light and we can go out on tour again, I'll be, I'll be fucking ready yeah, to, that's, uh, to go out. Yeah. <laughs> that's the attitude definitely you got to go with. And I know uh, you did the isolation sessions last summer at the FNR mm-hmm. venue in your hometown. And I, I know of it. How was yeah. that experience? You know, I, I know we're going to touch on that a little bit about like the live experience, but for you personally, how was that? You know, just, yeah. I mean, I know what it, makes you you is the live experience you present on stage. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of uh, playing live is the audience and the, the energy going back and forth. You know, um, the that's what you miss in in, a, in an online streaming event. Um, however, I was a little bit nervous to do that because it's just, you know, you talk a little bit and you kind of try to imagine people sitting on the couch and listening. So they're with you, yeah. uh, but you don't see that. And they, you can't hear the laughter when you crack a joke and, you know, but um, so I, I thought maybe that's really extremely difficult, but it, it wasn't that bad. I just, I just, you know, it works if you imagine people just, and you know, people are going to watch it. So it doesn't matter how many people are going to watch. Mm. You just want to, uh, you just want to share, and you just want to play, and you know, people are there to listen. So, so that wasn't such a big deal, but it is strange. It's rather strange, yeah. And this is gonna, you actually helped me out with this next question because, you know, Annika, you've been at this for nearly three decades. You know, and now you can date this back from 1994, maybe even further before that. And we talked about how the last time I saw you was in. 2019 in Dallas with Amorphous at Trees, you know, whether it's your solo work or with Vier or Gathering, you know, or, or your work with Danny Cavanaugh, Devin Townsend, who we had on the show a couple of weeks back uh, within Temptation and Amorphous, like I just mentioned, how was the live experience for you personally? Because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career. You, you know, you played at Tusco Open Air, Pink Pop, Beirut Rock Festival, Summer Breeze, Europe to the US and beyond. And now we're all, we're all kind of just taking like an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking culture, fans, even yeah, the food. Yeah, There's just yeah. so many things about it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And it's good. That's the thing. It's not only the, the, the one or one and a half hour on stage, it's everything. It's being in an airplane, it's meeting every day, you meet new people uh and uh like you said the culture the food everything works and inspires me to write new songs so that keeps me going touring is for me playing live for me the best thing of all the things i'm doing in in my profession you know i love writing recording it's all good but playing live you know is, is the um is epic for me um so to miss to miss that is in on one hand, yeah, I of course, and you appreciate even more the the chances you get maybe later to go out and perform again. Uh, on the other hand, I'm already so thankful that I did all that up until this point, you know. Um, 
because I have many experiences already in the pocket. And if the pandemic would never ever, you know, end, and we would and we would only play virtually from this point on, I would I would have been happy, you know, to have these experiences in the pocket already. However, <laughs> this should end and we should go back you know, to, to meeting, you know, physically on stage and to share music together in one room, you know. And a very popular topic on Interview Under Fire for the last, I mean, I can't believe it's been a year removed from that live experience. And you've Good. seen this, you've seen this, we've all seen it, is live streaming. A lot of the bands, what they're doing on stage, they're taking it to the screen like we're, we're, we're doing right now. And I think I believe Code Orange was one of the first bands to do it. They did that empty uh, venue performance and they streamed it for the fans. We had uh, Nilo from Insomnium on the show. He talked about his experience on selling virtual tickets to fans and then re-recording a show. Even they had their problems, you know, trying to get a live stream out. You know, Lamb of God did it. Behemoth did it. August Burns Red did one over Christmas. But what I'm trying to get at is, you know, with all the experience that you've taken in, Annika, throughout your career, with all the art- artists that you've collaborated with, the fans you've encountered, the festivals you've played, do you think that the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these artists, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward in your perspective? Like, do you still see bands, you know, doing something like this, even after all this is over? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm certain, because now... I mean, it took a while, but now after a year, the infrastructure is there, right? Mm -hmm. Why toss it? You know, when we can go back to, you know, people like us who play all over the world, isn't it cool that if I play in Santiago de Chile, that people, uh, you know, in Eindhoven, Holland, can can kind of watch what you're doing there and experience how the public reacts over there and how, you know, this is a whole different atmosphere. So I think we can kind of integrate, we will kind of integrate this whole um, online experience when we can go back to playing live and just stream concerts everywhere we go, you know, every once in a while, we can do something online-ish. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's also, it gives a little bit of work for people that who videotape this or to stream this, you know, there's, there's a whole new job there, you know, there's a whole new world mm-hmm. created. People can um you know work in new you know new layers of this industry and i think so i think it's a plus and i think it will not go away i think we can integrate it yeah and yeah and there's no right and wrong answer to what you just said because i like asking that question because i've had artists who say oh i'm not doing shit until all this is over and then some artists would say yeah it still allows (laughs) me a way to engage with the fans you know of course, yeah. I have the liberty to mosh in my own room if I want to, but how much longer can I do that? You know, <laughs> you did the live streaming. Okay, how much more creative can we get now? Uh, and uh-huh. and you know, you, you put it you put it perfectly because there's always that uncertainty going forward. But again, what did I say earlier? Making the best of the situation is important, and uh, you know, you guys are doing that. And speaking of making the best of the situation, let's talk about that new album. The darkest skies are the brightest. Comes out February 26th on Inside Out Music and Century Media. Okay, so I got to set it up perfectly for this. If I have one word to describe this album, captivating from the acoustic guitars, which is ironic because the last time I saw you, you were doing your acoustic show at Trees. And that was just so fitting, you know, from that to the strings, to the horns, to percussion, to your hypnotic vocal harmonies. It felt like you had that serenading power and take it from me, you have perfected that throughout your decorated career, you know, from songs like 
Agape and My Promise, The End, Keep It Simple, Survive. That was as good as it gets. And Annika, you've done metal albums. You've done pop albums. You've done rock albums. But you're no stranger to the acoustic sound. Does it feel like you are tapping into a whole new dimension of Annika that you may have not been able to explore before? Um, Loaded yeah, question, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, a long question. No, 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 but I totally get it. And um, uh, I thank you for getting into this because I realized my last effort was a, a, a metal album, a <laughs> progressive metal album, no less. And this is quite a jump to something else. However, I've been doing these kind of shows forever like like you said you know um so but i never had the album to go along with my performances and it's something that it's one of the, my favorite things to do is is these intimate concerts where we can be close uh to one another you know the audience and and i and tell stories or crack a few jokes or be you know intimate with each other and share music and it's one of my favorite things but i never had the opportunity to actually write and record this kind of album and now i did mm. and then actually now it was necessary for me even to write this kind of album and um so in a more ways than one i'm happy that that it's there you know and um uh, i finally put this you know this thing that i love so much doing live i put this on an album and yeah yeah i'm very happy with it i'm very happy with it too i'm, I'm glad you did something like this because it I think it shows just how much growth you've had in your musicality throughout your career. And you mentioned in one of your previous interviews, I can't remember which one it was. You talked about how intense years bring you a lot of wisdom. This album was straight from the heart and it was written completely by yourself. So how much did things change from when you first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with the darkest skies or the brightest. Yes, yes. I, uh, when I started writing, like seriously writing uh, for this album, I told everybody I really sincerely want this to be my uh, outpour. <laughs> and uh, my um, it, it has to be as pure as it as it, as it possibly can be. So I want to write all my stuff myself. And then in the end of the writing process, I want to attract Gijs, Gijs Kohle, uh, my friend yeah. and guitar player yep. and producer, and um, to finish the album with me and to produce it. So Because that's a whole different sport, you know, to produce an album. So so he, we work together on where does the songs need some percussion and what kind of percussion and all these kind of, all these decisions, we, we did that together. Um, but uh, initially the songs were written so they didn't, didn't change that much uh, the only thing that changed is that we added you know string quartet here or there or, yeah. you know some percussion here or there and to make the album more rich and and uh, and more towards the energy that i wanted to, to go to and and again for my listeners who don't know this was uh she mentioned heish Kulin, who produced it's your longtime friend and guitar player to help finish the album and and right there, what you told me, I, I'm sure you got a sense of comfortability in the studio knowing that he was working on the record with you, right? Yeah. The, the, the huge thing about Gijs and, and other producers is that, and I wanted that for this album, is that Gijs 
only looks at me, what I want and what I want to tell, what story I want to tell, and to make something really beautiful and to make the music sound as best way possible. Sometimes producers, um, when I come up with songs and they say, okay, so if you do this and this and this, we can go on the radio and we can make a big hit and then we'll be big. And my plan is never to, I mean, I want to grow and I want to, I have this ambition to keep on making music in order to do that. I want to grow slowly but surely, you know, I want people to come to the concert. I want people to buy the album, but never do I want to be big or play stadiums. It's never my goal. Hmm. So sometimes when a producer has that goal and I don't, then you get different music. You get different kinds of vibe. And sometimes that's also a cool vibe, you know, something else comes out. But in this case, I definitely wanted somebody to, stick with me, you know, and my yeah. pen and my, my feelings about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely captured the vision you wanted for this album. Something I also want to touch on is, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like you just talked about your last single Agape that just dropped, I believe just a mere, just a few days ago, there's a picture of you holding a heart. Now, something that influenced you again, the Japanese art of Kintsugi has inspired mm-hmm. you to use a repaired heart as the album symbol. And um, for people who don't know, Kintsugi teaches that bringing together the pieces of a broken object with the use of precious metal adds value and uniqueness to it. So, and yeah. the album's title is also used in the first song, Agape. And, you know, uh, something I want to talk about is like the theme, like w- what was the theme for this and how important are themes to you, Annika? Is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience? Cause a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> but I felt like with yeah. this album, there's a specific dilemma you wanted to achieve with that. Yeah. Because every time I was, you know, throughout the whole writing process, I kind of thought about mm, the Kitsugi, um, uh, philosophy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things, and but also human beings are more interesting when they have been through something. So if your beautiful plate and porcelain and it's beautiful and it's perfect and it drops on the floor and it breaks, you put it back together, it's actually more beautiful because it has been through something. It's more interesting. You will yeah. immediately think, hmm, h- how, you know, what's the story behind it? And it's also... You know, I kept thinking about it, like everybody's heart's been broken at one point, you know, in time. Uh, But isn't it also necessary for us to uh, go through something, to learn, to to, uh, gain some wisdom about ourselves, about life, if we go through these periods, you know? And and I, I always think about people with scars, with physical scars, you say, we always find this interesting, no? I mean, we always find it, oh, he has a, a beautiful scar because he's been in the war or he's been in a fire. And immediately people are in, more interesting when they've been through, you know, when they've lived life. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kept, so that Kintsugi thing and the, the broken heart, put it back together. And so I, th- I thought it was just logical to use that in, in all the videos. It's the heart is in all the videos and it's in the pictures and in the, on the t-shirt when you buy a t-shirt yeah. and it's on there you know <laughs> yeah i love that i think that, again that just ties into the album title the darkest skies are the brightest i think you kind of that broadens your perspective you kind of ha- kind of have to have the negativity 
in order to yeah. understand, maybe appreciate it more. And it's so ironic that you're releasing this during a time of a pandemic of all times, you know, and it just, yeah. I, I think it goes hand in hand perfectly. I mean, I needed it. Yeah. I mean, we need more of your music and, you know, something that I also want to tie it into is, you know, you've done 23 albums throughout your storied career, Annika. Do you see like all these albums you put out as snapshots of where you are in certain times in your life looking back? For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially the solo albums, of course, when, you know, in Gathering Days, you, we write the album with five, six people. Uh, but even then, it's a moment in time, that time and space, we all felt like that. And, then, and so also with my solo albums, it's just a moment in time. And the older you get, the more experience you have, you mm -hmm. have in your pocket. And uh, it, it, it calls for, for new music, you know. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline, which you have taken in that we have discussed about already, you know, nearly three decades of culminating those 23 albums and dedication to your craft. And you've also won the Buma Rocks Export Award from 2019. And that's I mean, that's just a that's just a humble award that you've that you've gotten and well deserved, whether it's your you know solo work, you know, Gentle Storm, Arion. I've mentioned Devin Townsend within Temptation, Amorphous. What is the most rewarding part for someone like you, Annika, who is now at this point in their career, at the same time, has been involved with so many other different aforementioned brilliant artists, organizations, people throughout that timeline. Have you ever had the chance to just, I don't know, stop for a moment and take a look back at how far you've come? To be honest, I almost never look back because I am very much a per person of, and at this moment, right here, right now, is the most important. So me now talking to you is my most important thing right now because I need to focus and, and that's where I get my inspiration from. All right, everyone. Looks like we did lose Annika on the internet connection there, which happened to be towards the end of the interview. But I want to thank her so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out of our day to speak with me about the new music that is set to drop soon. And thank you to all the listeners and viewers means so much to us to have you here for the support. Having said that, my name is Sunny, and don't forget to pick up by stream Annika Van Giersbergen's new album, The Darkest Skies Are the Brightest, releasing February 26th on Inside Out Music and Century Media. And lastly, you can listen to this podcast on all streaming services out there or watch on YouTube. And don't forget to check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Stay safe, everyone. And if I sit beside you if I wait And if I wander off Into this state Would I be fine And could I call you mine and Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.